Welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In this episode, we have the founder and CEO of Royal Legal Solutions, mentor and host of the podcast, The Real Estate Nerds, Scott Royal Smith. Scott, welcome very much to the podcast. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your business, Royal Legal Solutions? Yeah, so um, my name is Scott Royal Smith. I'm an attorney um, as well as real estate investor and entrepreneur. And I actually started my uh, investing journey as well as entrepreneurial journey. Well, maybe from the time I was eight years old cutting lawns, but it really <laughs> kicked off uh, when I was in law school and I bought a transmission and auto repair shop for $10,000 and I rehabbed the building and flipped it. And I learned how to run a transmission and auto repair company. Um, and from then, you know, I practiced in litigation and then I I built now uh, Royal Legal Solutions, uh, which is a one-stop shop on asset protection, insurance, um, uh, tax, and estate planning. Uh, it's a unique uh, company. It's the first ever of its kind. Um, and uh, now we're of a team of 30 with uh, five attorneys. We've helped about 2,000 clients over the last nine years. Mm. Um, and uh, I've, I found that the journey and being able to build uh, companies and how to keep uh, employees and people engaged in the company and always continuing to push to that next level uh, has really been the bread and butter of what has driven us to be successful in every market and every type of market that's yeah. come up for us. That, that's an outstanding way to start off. Who would have thought as an 18 year old of even buying a business, let alone buying a business, learning about it and flipping it. So that no doubt set you off on great trajectory to get to where you are and also beyond. So, and particularly over the last two and a half, three years, the world has gone into absolute tailspin. So how have you found your business over that last two and a half years? Yeah, so uh, it's been quite a journey to learn how to do that. And it really comes down to um, exceptional leadership, right? So there's a question that really happened for me early on in business where I was like, well, what is really separating you know, okay companies to great companies? And how can I uh, keep all of the people that I've been spending all this time and resources and training because staff turnover is absolutely killer, especially when it's a company like Royal Legal Solutions where uh, it's there's so much knowledge that has to go in to yeah. uh, training, you know, all of my people uh, because, you know, all of these are different disciplines. Tax is a discipline. Insurance <laughs> is a discipline. Asset protection is a discipline. Estate planning is a discipline. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to train them on four different disciplines for them to be able to be effective yeah. uh, inside of helping uh, other people. So uh, what really came to me, you know, early on was, 
the concept uh, that I was learning from the, the very best business builders that I could find that started with small companies and had great companies. And what they I kept hearing over and over and over again is that everybody can replicate everything you do, but they can never replicate your leadership or your people. So I said, great, that's actually the competitive edge that I need to get good at if I want to create a company that's really going to change the world, right? Really going to change and make that material impact um, that I want to do to say, hey, listen, I really accomplished something that was great. And actually, I've written, I'm writing a book about it right now that's going to be soon to be released. In fact, uh, depending on when you're hearing this podcast, you might be able to pre-order that. It's called Scoreboard uh, Leadership Beyond the Spreadsheet. And that's going to be a world of difference. Being, because as you mentioned, being a leader and your book, a leader beyond the spreadsheet, a leader isn't just someone that sits behind a computer and types away, blah, 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 blah it's having that personal relationship because as you said the cost of if someone leaves it's not just the knowledge that they've got but it's also the relationship that they've built with your clients as well that's all transitioning across so what's a few little well, tips because you you've got quite a company that's been very successful and i was reading reading up on it and it seems very much like a david versus goliath you against a big the big financial companies. How do you, as the David, really rally your troops and work on your culture? Well, the, the different, how do you win in a David versus Goliath battle is you just have to be better, right? You mm. have to be more knowledgeable, right? Uh, but you can't be more knowledgeable if you have to water down everything that you're doing in your training with your people mm. to just basic concepts, because then you're actually not any better than yeah. they are, right? So that became like something I would say, well, that's how you win the war. You win the war because you can keep your people and you can keep mm. your people regardless of what you might be able to pay them even, yeah. right? How do you, and then that became the piece for me. So what really happens, I think a lot of times you say, well, most businesses um, out there, they probably, uh, they don't really track much, right? They, mm. they will say, well, maybe track a few different things. Most employees that are out there don't really know whether they're doing a good job or not. Besides about the fact is like, is their boss happy? Yeah. Right. And I said, well, happiness is actually a really bad metric because yeah. sometimes as a, a leader, I have good days and I have bad days. And if my people are out there like wondering if they're going to be okay, based upon my mood, we're all in trouble. <laughs> right. So yeah. when I came in as a saying, I was like, well, listen, what I need to do as a company in term and as what I need to do for my people is find out first, what is it that we're going to look at? What are the three to five things that we can look at that tell us how are we know we're being successful? How do I know I'm doing a great job? And that's metrics I hold myself accountable to as the leader and CEO and owner of Royal Legal Solutions, just as much as my attorney team, my paralegals, um, the people that work inside of our sales advisory. Uh, uh, capacities. Everybody in the company has a few key metrics that we look at yeah. and that we have started the conversations with them in developing those numbers, not because it came out of my head, mm. right? But it came through a conversation with each of the people and the personnel in the company, not as a one conversation, but it's something we talk about continuously. What is important about our job? How do we know we're being successful and doing our job at the highest level? And then what are the, the three to five things that we can measure that are specific and measurable uh, numbers that will tell us if those numbers are trending in the direction that we want, that we know we're winning. 
And that's why I call it, it's a scoreboard. We have to first create a scoreboard in conjunction with the people that we're leading and that we all have an emotional buy-in and a participation that these numbers are important and that they matter to everybody and that they're modified and says like, hey, if that number doesn't matter anymore, my people know, they can come to me and say, hey, listen, we need a different objective. We need to measure something different here because the objective we're trying to reach doesn't match up with what we're measuring. And now everybody knows. They know whether they're doing well or not. And if the things are dipping, we're all on the same page with it as a full company, that yeah. that piece is not going well. And then now it becomes a, just an objective discussion of how do we get a number to change? It's not personal. There is no winning or losing based upon whether you're good. It's yeah. just purely, is this working? What do we need to do yes, that's different no. to make it yeah. work or not work? Yeah. And something that you said there was, is that it's, just objective it's not subjective like you said is the boss happy that's subjective to did he have a good night's sleep did he do this did he do as opposed to a scoreboard and the listeners know that i I just love referring to sports because that's my background and if everybody knows the scores everyone knows the parameter and everyone knows the direction that they're going to you're more than likely to hit that goal and like you said make adjustments if necessary and another I'll tell you, you I'll tell you one one quick thing about that too David because it's so important right it's cuz I see this with a lot of the the companies that I coach is that in most all circumstances what happens is is the leadership right or what we call the quote unquote leadership mm. are the people that are imagining what the scoreboard would need to be and I think that's <laughs> what we typically are is like that's top down right they're yeah. coming up with their own head and they distribute it from on high Here's mm. what's important. And you guys need to go do this. Yeah. What happens in those cultures is nobody actually cares about the numbers. They'll do it as, but only to the extent that you're going to get angry with them if yeah. they don't hit it. Yeah. The bare right? minimum, the bare minimum to make it where you're not angry because they're not mm. actually invested. And so the critical transition from companies that do okay, because just measuring will get you to okay. That'll get you in the top 10%. But if you want to be in the top 1% of companies, what you have to do is actually engage your people in the conversations so that way they generate what's important. And now they own the scoreboard. It is their scoreboard. It's not your scoreboard. Yes. Yeah, because I, I was going to say that as well, where the conversations that you had, it, it creates that buy-in from the players because they're the one, they're the ones that are running the running the ball up to that end. And one thing, a repeated pattern that I've noticed with all of these talking about culture and celebrating companies that have great cultures is it's no longer the dictatorship that went back in the, in the nineties where the boss is ruling from the top and doesn't create that bind. But I love how you said it's not just one conversation, but multiple conversations to create bind, to really find out and get feedback from your workers. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really about um, empowering like what we would call like bottom up leadership. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way bottom up leadership works is that you actually first have to actually hire good people. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hiring good people is actually the first qualification and what it it takes to be able to have a great culture, because what you have to rely on is the fact that me as a leader can ask the right questions and can lead the right kind of conversation and both one-on-ones and in a group setting uh, to be able to guide them to mm. the epiphanies, guide them to the realizations, guide them to the connections that need to get made um, about what really truly is important and critical uh, mm. about what it is they're doing. And that's surprisingly non-obvious. But the good 
part about this is that the way that you can guide those conversations are actually formulaic. And that's what I talk about inside of my book is how, uh, and, and in scoreboard leadership beyond the spreadsheet, it has the, the write-ups of here's how that conversation goes in a step-by-step way that guides you to the creation of the scoreboard and how to lead the meetings in such a way that allows you to do that as well mm-hmm. as case studies about like, here's how all these other leaders that you'd say, oh, they're on the, the top leadership magazines of like how they all get it wrong and why mm-hmm. the companies that they, everybody thought they were great leaders and why they all failed at what yeah. they were doing. And that, that's a great way that I love to learn as well. It's not just finding out what, what the winners are doing, but also find out what the people that aren't winning, what they're doing wrong and be able to really see patterns that go from not, not the successful ones to the extremely successful ones. And with your coaching, what are some patterns that you've personally seen and dealt with for both? We'll talk about the winning ones first, and then we'll talk about the ones that aren't so successful, but also what steps that you've helped them implement to get them across to that side. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you, like, there's, there's some of the key players that we would say before, right? So one of the stories that we talk about is a Jack Welch, right? With GE and how, you know, everybody was like Jack Welch, the greatest business leader, yada, yada, yada. Right. Mm. But Jack Welch did really, really well is that he created a really specific scoreboards, tons of data points, and he would just beat the hell out of his people <laughs> to hit those numbers. Right. So what ended up happening is like, yeah, it works for a little while, but then what happens is, is like, it's just like beating your dog. Yeah, you Can you beat your dog you to break get your dog? Soul. Yeah, that's it, right? Your dog will do exactly what you t- beat it to do, right? Mm. But it's only going to do those things to be able to make sure you're not going to beat it right? So you end up with like this dog that's like sad, that doesn't really want to be there. It's always Mm -hmm. kind of afraid of what the next thing that happens, right? So like, that's where I think where you can get short-term performance by doing it. And that, and the other way, right? The old way, the Jack Welch way of doing it. Um, But with the new way of doing it, what we've seen in in companies, um, then my own company and other companies that I've been coaching is that if you do it the opposite way, what it happens is you actually get real time freedom from your business. You get real, uh, real leverage through your people. Um, and the way that we, you know, I had a, a client of mine right now um, that it works with uh, with Mithros. Um, Mithros is a is a general contracting company. They do GC work on like the advertising space as well as um, uh, promotion space with helping companies generate more leads. So what was happening inside of that company? Well, inside of that company, you had the people and they were, they were doing all the jobs, but the, 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 the owner of that company came to me and said, hey, listen, the problem that I'm happening, having is that the moment I turn my back, everything falls apart, right? The moment I stop watching everything, no, no improvements start to, uh, no improvements are making anymore. So what we did is we did a, a company reset. I first started coaching him because he needed some psychological shifts to be able to believe that a different course could be effective yeah. first. So we always start, and I always start with one-on-ones, with just the people that are in the designated leadership positions and coaching in some of the skill sets about how do you do these conversations and how can those work and being able to even be sitting in the conversations um, if necessary to be able to do that. Then we went through the process of being able to co-create the scoreboards, which happened to be like 90% of the same scoreboards that he had. He said, well, there's other numbers in here that don't matter. I said, it doesn't matter because the thing is that it matters to them. And over time, your scoreboard will improve 
because they'll come to you with a continuous improvement process of what's important about what's going on on the boots on the ground level of your business. What he found out is that there's a bunch of stuff that happens in this company that he actually doesn't know, didn't know before that was actually critically important. That was actually really driving the results. And that now when he leaves to be able to say, great, well, I'm going to take three months off to go on sabbatical or I'm, you know, whatever else he's doing to go climb a mountain, go safari through Africa, whatever the case may be. When he comes back, things have actually gotten better while he's been gone because the systems and the buy-in to the company and the process of always having to think about what's important and how are we going to measure that and what's really happening in the company is always happening without him. And so all his job is when he comes back in is basically to say now like, great, yeah, that totally makes sense. And then he's back into focusing on what he wants to focus on. And yeah, that that's the ideal of any business owner is to be able to leave the business and for it to run without you being there because you want to be a business owner, not a business operator. And a lot of yeah. people, they sort of get confused with that, but I'm sure you, you, you've coached people to become a business owner instead of an operator. And something that you, that has really caught my ear, you've said it a couple of times is where you guide them through it. It's you don't force them. You, and from my, the way that I'm interpreting it, and tell me if I'm getting this right or wrong, but when you're guiding them, it's almost you're asking them questions to come up with their own solutions. So you're just guiding them towards that, that method. That, that's right. And the biggest challenge is, is what happens when they come up with a solution that's only like 50% as good as your solution, right? Mm-hmm. This is where the real rubber meets the road yeah. of a lot of this, right? Because you'll say, well, I can give them a solution that's going to be better. But the question I always ask everybody is, what is it that you want? Whether you're a business owner or whether you're a manager or you're a leader that wants to create more free time in your life, whatever it is, the ideal is, is to say, first, what is it that I really want? For all of us, it's always, I want it to work well. I'd like to be able to improve on it without me having to push my own energy into it. And then ultimately, I'm looking for more time, more thought space, and more energetic space back for me to be able to focus on higher value tasks or higher value strategic objectives that I'm trying to reach. And And it always works the exact same way. So if you are able to first say what I really want, and I'm committed to that long-term objective, and I'm willing Mm -hmm. to spend the three to six months to be able to realign the team around those objectives, what it is that you find is that eventually, that initially you'll always be unsatisfied. But eventually it'll actually become a better system than you could have ever created on your own. It'll improve without you. And then you'll finally get to that place where you have the thought space and the energetic space um, and have all of that back. Yeah. Second token to it though, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that once you are able to create that scoreboard, it actually is this thing that guides all of your future conversations for any type of deficit that's happening in your company, yeah. Right. Because now you have a data point that you can point to, and then you can facilitate conversations with the group around that data point. Mm. And now you have people from all over the company that are coming up with ideas about how they can contribute to the data point. If sales is actually having a problem with re-engagements in the emails, the marketing person will actually look at the, 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 the sequence that's set up and say, well, actually there's a new marketing tool over here where we should be incorporating a video and this, and this part of the sales sequence that's going to be able to help us with our conversion rate. Yeah. Well, that only happened because we targeted that the key number we wanted was how many meetings do we get booked and converted off of the first email? 
Yeah. And we said, that's the number we're focused on. And that's what it came to the people. But it gets this colluded buy-in to everybody. And it's, non, um, it's, it's non-judgmental, mm. right? It gets everybody participating with each other in a way that yeah. there's a free flow discussion of ideas because it's not about Bob. It's about a number. And yeah. what are the best ideas we have about influencing a number? Now, if Bob is like not doing his job and not sending the emails, great. That's a different conversation. Right. Mm. But, but what we really want is the facilitated conversations and the connection of our staff, because that's what keeps them staying, thinking like, Hey, my job is creative. I'm connected with mm. the people that I'm around. My, my input is valuable. The skill sets that I have in my department cross apply to the other departments. I'm included in the bigger vision uh, of yeah. what's happening in this company. And I, I love that we're, even though it's breaking it down to small scores, it's really across the board where people can look and go, instead of being a 10, that slipped to seven or it slipped to six. And you tend to also keeping that scoreboard going. Well, no doubt you, you know more than I do about it. You've wrote a book on it, but you can catch it before it slips too far. And like you said, it creates buying and being able to differentiate a person to a number. That's just so powerful for the businesses and companies out there. I think it's powerful in, in so many ways, especially because, you know, like, let's say you have like an employee that's struggling, right? Mm. And you have an employee that's struggling and says, hey, that person's like number keeps dipping. The conversation doesn't come of like, hey, Bob, why aren't you being able to do your job, right? Mm. It comes out and I say, hey, listen, let's look at like what's actually happening. What's, yeah. Show me like, show me what it is that you're doing here. Because my role in here is if I can help you, Bob, is to be supportive of you of getting back to where I know you want to be. You've told me you mm. want that number to actually increase. So how can I be supportive for you essentially as like a coach and as yeah. a mentor to you to figure out, are there technical skill sets that you don't have, right? That we can find out what those are going to be. Or is there personal challenges that you have? Do you just have a, do you have a, do you have an actually like an internal conflict around what's happening that will prevent you from being able to do that. So, mm -hmm. and, and this is where like the, the, what really made it solidify inside of Royal Legal Solutions to make it where I don't lose people anymore. Nobody can poach any of my people. And the reason nobody can poach any of my people is because my people are hooked on the idea that when I go to work and the challenges that I have in work, I'm gonna get coached on what are the skill sets mm -hmm. that I need to develop as a person and a way that I can develop those skill sets at a person that I hear stories from anybody that I coach inside of my company that, and I have coached my company that says, Hey man, the, the problems I was having and communicating, clearly communicating my needs to my team about like what's going on here or the being able to do conflict resolution with the other people in the leadership team, where otherwise I would have just ducked out of it and just avoided yeah. the whole thing and just try to sweep it under the rug and be like, Hey, not my problem, whatever the case may be there. Yeah. They said, when you coached me through those skills, Scott, about how to get there and how to have those conversations, I noticed that my relationship with my wife actually improved. I noticed my ability to be able to clearly ask for like what it is I want from other people improved and I'm getting more of what I want out of life now. Mm -hmm. So my people never leave because they're like, listen, man, I'm making money here. I'm part of a team that I really love to be part with where my input actually matters. I'm not judged for who I am. We're really just focused mm -hmm. on how can we help each other, support each other to get the results we want. And at the end of the day, I'm actually having personal development and growth as a human being that's impacting the rest of my life. But I'm learning it all in the way that makes sense for the company, because those are the skills that, the, that I need to improve to get to the next level where I need to be to take on a bigger role in the company, to step yeah. in the shoes 
of the way the company is growing. And that's the advantage of being in a growing company is that there's always more opportunity. So we never shy away from developing our people as much as we can because we're like, no, we want to keep you and we need you yes. to build to the next level that we want to be at. And you just don't lose people, you know, and yeah. your people are fired up, ready to come to work. And as a business owner, that's how everyone really, from my perspective, how everyone should want to be. And it's, as you say, it's not, not a dictatorship, but it's coaching and coaching is a world of difference. And that to me is what makes a good leader because as I mentioned before, my background is sports and it's not just coming down and go, you ruined this, you ruined this, you ruined this. It's about, okay, where, where did we go wrong with that? And go, okay, maybe I didn't teach you how to catch a ball correctly. Okay. So, and breaking it back down to steps and each step really helps them get up. And as you say, they take that development, not just at the workplace, but taking it home. So they, they have not just a really nice work life, but their home life becomes more holistic and more fulfilling as well, which that, that's a win, win, win. It's wins all around. And it really gives you the opportunity as a business owner to really concentrate on how can I grow the business more? because you, you're not doing that micromanaging. That's right. You don't have to do the micromanaging mm. and you also don't have to worry about nearly as much, right? Because once you yeah. have a scoreboard um, in place, um, you as a business owner, your life becomes super easy because now all you have to do is some really predictable, uh, really mm. uh, formulaic types of yeah. coaching, Tick the types boxes. of conversations. What's yeah. that? Yeah, so you get to tick the boxes. So you've got step one, step two, step three, step four. That's it. And you just run that same system over and over again. And you think like, oh, this is going to get boring. And it never does because yeah. what's going on on the other side of the fence is they're always having new yeah. insights. And the development they're having is always continuous. But your scoreboard actually gives you the ability to be able to say what's important in the company. And can yeah. the people that I've worked with, that they've agreed that these are the most important things, can they get it done? And then through your coaching with them, you're able to see like, can they improve to the place that we need to, to get those numbers to move, to get them done. If they can't, then you need new people, right? Yeah. But if you don't have the right, um, the right scoreboard in place, then you don't really know precisely what you should be coaching on. Mm -hmm. Your conversations aren't focused enough to really do the hard work of getting the person to shift their thinking into the right focus. Um, and then ultimately it just tells you, that, hey, great, either I, um, I, I, here, I either need to like ditch this person or I know precisely what I need to coach them mm. on. And, and then all of your HR and training stuff becomes super duper simple because you know exactly what it is you're looking for. And either your people can cut it or they don't. Who do I need to rehire? What exactly are the skill sets I need to be able to impact these specific numbers? What does that person look like? So not only is it your, your training system, not only is it your accountability system, it's also your HR system. Because yeah. the more clearly you know exactly what's needed for a particular role, tells you exactly what you need to hire for. Mm. And that makes it where your hires will go from the, you know, the average employee that you have will have only about 20% of them on, on, on the average company will stay, right? But if you're able to keep those people, you're somewhere savings usually around 50 to $80,000 per person. Uh, yeah. That goes up significantly if there are anybody that's in your upper stack, but just your base people, that's the cost that you lose between having to hire somebody new yeah. and retrain somebody. So if you can take that number from like a 20% retention rate to an 80 or a 90% retention rate, you're saving yourselves hundreds of thousands or potentially millions 
millions of dollars a year uh, with uh, having a company that's going to run much more st- uh, stably uh, and with with just happier people overall. Yeah, and the happier the staff are, the more productive they're going to be as well. And and the happier customers are because the customers can feel it. You know, yeah, when I- you talk to somebody and you talk to somebody in an organization, you're like, I know everything I need to know about the organization from that one conversation. And that place yeah. must be horrible because they look yeah. like they hate the Yeah, job. so it's a, yeah, the, you go, oh, you can feel that they just don't enjoy being there or you can feel that they love being there and they do it for a lot less. But I, as I mentioned to you before, I do just get so carried, carried away with this because I just find it super interesting and the listeners have got loads of value from this, from the scoreboard. And do you want to just give a quick rundown on your book first? And then I'm going to ask you questions. What's three things you can get advice to give to a 15 year old you, but I want to hear a little bit more about your book first. Yeah. So the book is called scoreboard leadership beyond the spreadsheet. Um, It's going to be available for pre-order. We're going to have some links available um, here inside of the show notes. Um, for for everybody about where to go is precisely to be able to to pre-order that book and to be able to have opportunities to apply uh, for personal coaching from me about how to implement some of the systems um, that allowed me to have um, 90% plus retention rates uh, with top level staff. Um, getting, getting, honestly getting paid less than they could make anywhere else, right? Mm. Was what they're doing, right? Um, and um, I just look forward to everybody to go ahead and, and pre-order that book and be able to submit your application. Um, so that way we can learn a little bit more about you and see if you're a good fit uh, for somebody that can really make a big difference for um, in your life around that. If you're interested in anything that we do in the wealth building space, asset protection, estate planning, tax insurance, that's royallegalsolutions.com. Uh, but whatever way you want to interact with us, you'll be getting uh, emails as well as communications about all the cool things that I'm doing on educating, uh, educating everybody I can with Mm. all the best information I know about um, just by going to royallegalsolutions.com and and submitting your information there or going to pre-order the book. And then, and I I went to your website, there's so much stuff there as well. You could spend weeks on there just going through all of the content that you have available. And I think it's outstanding. But, and with that, what's, as I said, what's, three pieces of advice you give to a 15 year old Scott. And I tell people, yes. this isn't to your kid. This isn't advice you give to your child because they go, that's just dad. That's just, they know nothing. What would you tell a 15 year old Scott? So the first thing I would tell the 15 year old Scott is just get like really relax and get as weird as possible. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Because like, honestly, like what I've seen over and over again for people is that like, you really need almost all the way through your twenties to just try out weird stuff. Like you don't have, uh, if you don't have kids yet, you don't have major life responsibilities. You're just taking care of yourself. That gives you opportunity that you won't ever have later in life to really explore everything that you can possibly get into. And that's going to tell you about like, what's important to you in life and what really resonates for you. And that's going to help you to like divine out, like, what is your core purpose? What is your life's work going to be? You know, if you look back and you read like from like the old, like Roman text and Greek text, I was Hillsdale college grad. So I was liberal arts school. We studied all of that old literature. What came up over and over again is like a man's life or a woman's life is simple once they know their purpose. Right. So I think like, if you can just relax as a 15 year old, relax and really get weird, like really just go and explore stuff as much as you can, you're going to find out more of like what your purpose is in life. Number two would be 
Once you find out that there's people in there that you think have whatever it is that you want, identify them and get as close as you possibly can to them. Spend as much time with them as you possibly can. There's some things that you can get by listening to people. There's a lot more you can get by actually spending time with them about like, how do they operate in the world? How do they talk to people? How do they think through problems? How do they react when things happen? And that'll tell you a lot about what their success is, truly drives their success about getting whatever it is that they have that you think that you want um, for your life. And number three is, is just do a lot less. Like most people think to be able to have like the great success that they want in their life, that they have to go do all of this stuff. The reality is it doesn't work that way. The, if you can get really focused on purpose and you get really focused on what is it clearly, what is like the one to three most important things that I really want for my life for this given period of time, then just narrow the focus of what you're doing each day mm. to be able to be focused around those things. And yeah. the way that we do that um, is the way that I do that. And I train that for both the people that I bought the book as well as coaching and staff is actually a tool book that I wrote called the Royal Life Planner, where it actually maps out strategically. What is your goal setting plans? How do those work into habit building? What are the top things you need to be doing each day? Your top your, your, your top goals for the week that you need to do. Mm. And it's specifically space limited to create the focus to say, if I only did those things, I would feel successful and good about myself. And when we can drive to that, that's where we build the internal energy. We build the internal belief systems that we are capable, that we are good, that we are successful. And that energy then translates into that peak state of performance with high levels of focus. And if you do that, you're in the top one-tenth of 1% of effective yeah. executors in the world, because I'm telling you, it ain't easy, but it's simple. And I, cause I love that. And cause most people go do more, do more, but you're talking about do less but be more focused. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and always win way. too. Always win. Set up every game to win. And mm. if you don't know how to do that, that's why you need to get by the, the scoreboard leadership beyond the spreadsheet book, because that's what's going to teach you how to do that in conjunction with the Royal Life Planner. A hundred percent. And Scott, would you just be able to share with us, who would you be your ideal client and how can people get in contact with you? Because I'm sure our listeners, I know I've got loads of value from this as well but how can the listeners connect with you? And also we'll, we'll hopefully have the link to buy the book up on, on here as well. But yeah, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so really the, the number one people that I'm really trying to help right now is anybody who's trying to get to the next level of game and leadership. Right. So if you're already managing a few people, you're a small business owner to medium sized business owner, um, and you think that leveraging up on some of the skill sets that we talked about here today through improving your leadership skills and, and being able to learn some very simple yet effective leadership systems can help create more time, energetic space for you um, in your life and to be able to get, create a, a, a staff that will stay with you. If that's critically important to you and you want to make a significant time and energy and financial investment and to being able to make that happen within inside a three to six month time period, then you're somebody that I want to apply. And the best Every way to go ahead and do that is just, just come to royallegalsolutions.com and either submit your information there. Or if you want to email me at scott at royallegalsolutions.com, or if you buy the book, any one of those ways will be able to get you on the list where we're going to be in contact with you. And I can follow up with you about seeing whether you're somebody that I can really make a dynamic change for. I'm not looking to work with anybody that I can't make a 10 to hundred X improvement in their life uh, by working with them because only taking on like a handful of clients at any given time. Beautiful. So all the listeners out there, 
go check him out, go apply. And I, I love that where it's not just a, anyone that applies gets in. No, 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 it's targeted. Same, same thing as what you said just before. You're stripping back so that you can put all the effort in to those people. That's right. Yep, that's it. You have to focus down. Everything comes from focus. Yeah. High levels of focus, execution, and being able to have high levels of accountability uh, is really what drives the end of the day. And most high achievers don't have anybody else to hold them accountable that they can respect and talk to. So if that's something that you've tried before and you said, ah, I don't know if coaches work, that's phenomenal. It's fantastic. You're actually the perfect person I want to work with because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that there are skill sets that you're not doing right now that if you implemented would make your life three to six months from now dramatically better than it is right now. And it's just very mechanical. There's no, uh, there's no room for interpretation about yeah. how it works. It works every single way, the exact same way. Beautiful. That's what, what our listeners want. So everyone grab the book, connect with, connect with Scott, whether it's through his webpage, through the email, connect, there'll be, there'll be the contacts down below. So get, get in, get on board and grow your business. That's what we're here to do with the right company culture. That's Scott, Thanks, David. Great to be here today, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you very much for spending the time with us. I got a lot and I'm sure my listeners will as well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au, or follow me on LinkedIn, and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.